Okay, cool. Tell you a lot of times you think you have to have certain things, but the only thing you really have to have is the presence of the Lord. Amen? Because without the presence of the Lord, we really don't have anything. You know, we just become another social club. You know, and this morning, I guess about 3.30 this morning, our guitar player was uh, uh, sick, and, and we can't do anything without someone carrying the whole, the whole music. And usually I freak out. Alexa got a hold of me a little after 7 this morning, and, and, um, and like I said, usually I freak out, but I didn't freak out this morning. Yeah, she was she was totally surprised. Um, I think I got born again last night. Uh, but, you know, because a lot of times when the pressure comes on, and I just had to say, you know what, God, you knew this was going to happen before it happened. And I need to trust in you instead of trusting in people. See, a lot of times that's what we do is we start trusting in people. And that song about him being a good, good father, he's so good. I mean, really. I mean, if you really think about it, he is so good. I mean, you're here this morning, right? You know how people can't. You know how many people in the world can't make it here. I don't mean here at Thrive, but just a church period around the world. The majority of the world cannot go to church. It's not legal. But man, we can go to church. We can worship God. We can do. I mean, he's a good father. He, he he's really good to all of us. Amen? And you know, this morning, you know, we're into the fall season. This is what we're, we're, we're into right now, right? We're getting into fall here, and, um, and I love the fall season. You know what's so cool about the fall season? The, the days get a little shorter, nights get a little longer. It gets a little cooler. But then what happens is a lot of times you start seeing, you know, and I, we're having a problem this year, uh, but you start seeing the leaves change. You start seeing the beauty of the colors of the things that God has made. And then, you know, what we get to do, and, and Lee and I, we did this uh, the other night. You know, the kids came over, and, uh, and we hung out for a little while, and then they took off, and, and we started a little fire. So we, we had a little fire, and we are just kind of talking and just sharing with each other. So this is a season where we like to do little fires and hang around campfires and do s'mores and just really fellowship with friends and family. I mean, it's a, it's a fun season. It really is. And it's a good season where people dress more appropriately. Anyway, I do not have to worry about people coming in bikinis and speedos in the winter or the fall. But, but fall is a season, it's a season of giving, of generosity. You know, this is when we have Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving because I love to eat. I do. And I'm very thankful for, for what the Lord has provided for, for myself and for my family. And, and I'm very thankful. So, I mean, I'm telling you, this is a great season. And not only that, I'm thankful for Christmas. People say, yeah, I want to get gifts. No, I love to give. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. In our household, what we do is we usually switch numbers or names, but numbers. And then whoever gets whoever, right? Like say, if, if people say that dad got them, they love it. Because I always break the rules. Our rule, we have a certain dollar amount in the rule, and I go way above that. Why? Because I love to give. And giving really does something for me 
on the inside. When you understand what giving really does, you understand what the Word says, that it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And it truly is. I mean, I, I love it when we can just give to people and we, and, and we help people and we just do it. I love doing that. It breaks my heart when I, when, when I can't do it. And, and usually it's, when I can't do it is because I've made a mistake somewhere down the road, you know, and maybe I spent something I shouldn't have spent. Anybody ever do that? All right. Well, this morning what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about generosity. And I'm going to do a series on it. And, um, as, uh, and what we're going to do actually for the next two weeks, there's going to be a lady, Misty, she's coming in here. She's trying out uh, to be the worship leader here at the church. Uh, she, was, she had hands laid on her by T.D. Jakes. And um, that she's been in a church in uh, the Middle East. And, uh, she, and as a woman, she was the associate pastor and the worship leader there of a church of 1,200. So God has just really called her to do some great mighty things. She's a missionary. But she's excited, and they're praying about coming over here. And I'm going to be talking to them on Monday. And uh, they, they'll be here uh, doing worship practice, I think, on Thursday. And then on the next two Sundays, they'll be doing worship. So what we need to do is we need to pray. We don't just need to pray for her and her family. We really need to pray who the right people are. Because just because they have a bunch of credentials or a bunch of whatever doesn't mean that they're our fit. We want God's fit. And you know what? We want God's fit for them. You know, so we need to pray for them and bless them. Amen? Generosity. So in 1 Timothy, we're going to get into chapter uh, 6 with the first verse here. And this is where the Apostle Paul, what he's doing is he's talking to the pastor, Timothy. Timothy's the pastor. And Paul was giving Timothy some instructions to the church and to, the, to his local body. And he said, command those who are rich in this present, and this is 6, 17 through 19, uh, command those who are rich in this present age or world uh, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but to put their hope in God, continues on, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. It says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. So Paul is saying, teach people generosity. Teach people how to share. Because what happens is, if we don't teach people how to share, what happens is this. We get caught up in worldly things. We get caught up in fleshly things. We get caught up in selfish things. So this is what he's telling Timothy. And there's a fruit or a byproduct that you receive when you're generous. And it continues on, it says, In this way they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they will <clears throat> take hold of life that is truly life. Well, generosity is a huge topic with God. It truly is. And the reason why I know that is because I looked up a couple words that I would consider to be huge topics. The first one word is believe. Everyone say believe. Believe is used 272 times in the Bible. That's, that's a lot, right? Okay. Pray. Well, man, we all need to pray, right? Pray is used 371 times in the Bible. Man, that's a lot. Okay, check this out. Give. 2,161 times. How come? Because he needed to repeat giving because people have a hard time giving and being generous. Because most people are self-centered. 
even people who don't have. See, people think that it's just people who have that are self-centered, but people who don't have. There's, there's greedy people who don't have, and they're mad at the people who do have. We just need to be thankful for what we have and thankful for our other people that are in our lives. And, you know, if, if, I don't know, Stanley gets a new truck. I'll tell you, I want a truck. But I'm not going to say, God, how come Stanley got a truck? You know, I've wanted a truck for 25 years now. And I don't have a truck, and Stanley got one. He only wanted one for a week. God, I've been serving you. No. God, thank you for blessing Stanley. And I know know he's going to use that truck for your kingdom, for your glory, for your honor. And Father, I just pray blessing upon him and upon his household. In Jesus' name. Did you notice I didn't ask for a truck? I was just thankful for what God did in his life. And when we become thankful for what God does in other people's lives, it takes the pressure of us off, takes the pressure off of trying to compete with what they have. I'm not trying to compete with the Joneses. The Joneses are in some serious debt. Amen? So, Jesus, when he came, when God came, he came to give life. He came to give it more abundantly. I mean, that was his gift. His gift was life. We We were stuck in the valley of death, and then he came to give us life. So this is what it's all about. In Psalms 37, 21, in the New Living Translation, it says, The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Now, don't start thinking about the people that have never paid you back. But that is what it's saying. It is what it is. There are people that come into my life and and all they do is borrow. And and I know in the back of my head, they're never going to repay me back. As a matter of fact, I did that. My mom knew that every time that she said, okay, this is just a loan, she knew I wasn't going to pay her back. I was wicked. I should have just been honest. Mom, I don't know if I could pay you back. But then something happened in my heart. Now I have a hard time not paying people back. And really, to be honest with you, I have a hard time borrowing. Because the Bible says to owe no man anything but to love him. And so I have a hard time borrowing from people. In Proverbs 11.25, it says this. It says, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. In other words, if you're generous to people, people are going to be generous back to you. We're going to reap what we sow. You're going to prosper. So today's message on generosity literally is called a matter of the heart. And that's what it's called. Because generosity is a matter of your heart. It's a heart condition. And this is what we need to this is where we need to start. <clears throat> We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapters uh, 8 and 9 this morning and the apostle Paul what he did was he established some churches and while he established some churches what he wanted to do is he wanted to uh, uh, talk to them about how important generosity and giving is. And so what he did is uh, in this importance he w- was raising up an offering for the mother church in Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem kind of, over there, they kind of started the whole thing. And and so what he was trying to do is he was trying to compel them to give. And if you really pay attention to this, you'll start seeing the heart of Paul 
in generosity and in giving, in, in how passionate he was. In 2 Corinthians uh, 8, 1 through 12, it starts off this way. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says, and now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace. Everybody say grace. We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So I want you to know about God's ability in the churches that I've established in Macedonia. This is, I, want, I want you to know about this. I want, you, I want to brag about the ability that's going on in these churches. I want you to know what they're doing. That they've tapped into God and they've tapped into the generosity of God. Uh, this is, so I'm excited about this. He said, out of the most severe trial, their poverty, I mean, their, uh, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Do you realize that when you're going through trials and tribulations, when you're going through poverty, the most extreme uh, trial, the, the deepest poverty, when you're going through, it's really hard to have joy. As a matter of fact, you can't do it in your own ability. They had the grace, God's ability, that gave them overwhelming joy, and they, they pulled it out from the inside, God's ability working through them and in them to give them the ability to be generous. That was God's grace of generosity. The ability that was given to them, the grace that was given to them, it says it was rich generosity. So the poorest of people gave more than the richest of people. He says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. He said, not only did they give what was, what was reasonable, but they gave beyond human reasoning. So not only did they give just enough so they can pay their bills, they gave above and beyond that was reasonable. Boy, it's awfully quiet in this Presbyterian church. We're talking about generosity. But so you can't just do that just because. You have to understand what, what, what happened, how it all comes together. And, and Because no one forced them to do it. No one, read this, it, it, it goes on entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the saints. So in other words... Paul was saying, I didn't beg them to do it. I didn't stir them up to do it. I knew these were the poorest of the poor. So they urgently pleaded and said, we want to be a part of this. Don't hold back from us from being a part of this. Paul was saying, basically, so I didn't put any pressure there or anything. What I did was as, as I was kind of going to overlook them and figure they maybe could give next year. They didn't want to wait for next year. They pleaded, it says. Pleaded tells me that the apostle didn't want to take it from them. Didn't want to receive. That's, they pleaded, please take this. Paul's saying, don't you realize the, the straits you're in? And they're saying, take this, Paul. They pleaded. And just think if we would do that when it comes to giving. I mean, they understood something about, about generosity. Entirely on their own. I mean, I just... goes on to say, <clears throat> and they did not do as we expected. So when they pleaded with us, 
They gave more than we could ever expect. People like that. It says, but they gave themselves first. Here's the key to the Lord. Before you can truly do this, before you can actually be this type of generous person, you have to give yourself first to the Lord. You can't do this on your own. If you do this on your own and you're just trying to do it so that way you can say, hey, look what I gave, you know. I mean, I've been in church a long time. And you always know who gives what. By the way, if it's cash, money comes in. If it's a dollar, they wad it up. But if it's a 20, man, they, and they fold, they want to make sure that you see. Now, if it's a Benjamin, they don't fold nothing. They want you to see the whole thing, you know? You know? Why? What we need to be doing is, is God, I want to give to you. I just want, we need to have something that they've got on the inside. And that's what Paul was, was so excited about. They gave of themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. It says, so we urged Titus, that was the representative they sent over there, since he had earlier uh, made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. So Paul was saying, hey, look, you guys made this this, uh, offering, told us what you wanted to do. Okay, I'm going to send Titus. He's going to pick it up. So that way you can complete what you said. Okay? It says, but just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us to see that you also excel in this, grace of giving. There's a grace in giving. It says, I'm not commanding you. Paul's saying, I'm not telling you you have to do this. He said, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. You know what that means? He said, I'm not forcing you to do this, but this is what I'm doing is I'm checking it out because your earnest love that you have for the church seems to be greater than all the ones who are giving so much to the church. I'm checking your earnest love. I'm checking this out. I'm, 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 compar- I'm blown away. I mean, Paul was blown away at this. Then he says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty might become rich. Now, let me explain this first, because this verse is is really, really uh, uh, controversial. And the thing of it is, is there's prosperity preachers that are out there, and they're saying, see, money, money, money cometh, you know, and they they use this verse. And and I understand, because there is a... There is a part of that, and how I know that there's a part to it is because, see, it says that though um, yet for our sakes he became poor, that word poor in the Greek means indigent, that of a beggar status. And the only time Jesus was indigent as of a beggar status was on the cross at Calvary when he was stripped naked of everything. Because if he wanted money, all he had to do was... Tell Peter to reach into the pond and grab some of it out of fish's mouth. So, or fish, uh, yeah, his mouth. And anyway, 
Um, so So he wasn't restricted by stuff. But if you limit yourself to that thought of, of, of mentality, what you're doing is you don't understand it's also talking about an abundance of spiritual wealth. And that would be wisdom, things of the Spirit. Because if you don't have godly wisdom, it, you're not going to be able to handle godly money. So if all you're thinking about is money, money, money cometh, you got a problem. What you have to do is you have to have the wisdom to handle the money that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul's just, you know, he, he, he's like, yeah. So anyways, it says, and here's my advice without or about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were first not only to give, but also to have a de- desire to do so. So they were, fir- they were first in both things, not just in, in getting their gift there, having the desire to do it. Oh, we want to do it, we want to do it, we want to do it. Here, go, 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 go. I mean, how many times do people do that when the offering plate comes around? Anyway, so... He says, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if, everybody say if, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. So if the willingness is there, that means you're not reluctant to do it, you, you, you want to do it, if the, it then, then your heart is in the right place, then the gift is acceptable. But if your heart's not in the right place, it's not, it's not about anything but your heart. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about five things, this should be in your notes, about being generous, about generosity. And it's from the heart, not from the head or the wallet. Number one, and this is what I've learned from reading this, is give joyfully. They were extremely excited about their giving. They were, how does Phil say? Happy, happy, happy. And they were. They were excited about it. And the thing of it is, is when you're excited about giving, it's like soul therapy. Now, those of you that have a hard time giving, I want you to remember back when you were giving to your kids at Christmas time. Didn't you feel good about it? They opened up their presents. They, they oh, 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 this is, remember that video we showed a while back? This is the greatest thing ever. Oh, my. And they opened up the, oh, 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 oh. You, you know? I mean, it was exciting, right? And it did something good because you're like, man, I, and you're so happy your kids enjoy it. What do you think God's doing, man? He's so excited to give to us. I mean, when Jesus rose from the dead, he's like, woohoo, yeah, I mean, he, he might have got a little Pentecostal in heaven that day. They were dancing in the streets. Greatest gift of all. But generosity, I mean, that's, that's what we need to be a part of. That, it, it's a heart condition. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says this. Each man should give what his, he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, For God loves a cheerful giver. 
So what happens is when you're excited about giving to others, what it does is it shows that you're giving from a pure heart and not by selfish ambition. See, there's some people, they don't, they don't give from a cheerful heart. They're giving because they're expecting God to give them something in return. So they're using God as a slot machine, a casino. And now let me tell you, you can't outgive God. I mean, God will take care of you. But, but I don't give because I expect God to do anything. I give because I genuinely love God, and I love people. I mean, that, your motivation has to be in the right place. Proverbs twenty-one twenty-six in the New Living Translation, it says this. Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. You know, when you go to restaurants, tip more than the average person. Yeah, but you don't know that they didn't fill my glass up. Uh, it took them three hours to get my meal. We spent all day there. I mean, ah. Doesn't the Bible tell us to pray and bless those who curse us and despitefully use us? You don't know what's going on in that person's life. I mean, I've ran across so many waitresses and waiters out there, and some of these people, they live off tips. Think, will they get minimum wage? No, they don't. They only have to pay them, I think in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it was $2.18 an hour that they had to pay them. You work for $2.18 an hour for 8 to 10 hours and pay your bills. You know, I mean, I had this one waitress. I mean, I'm telling you, she was the worst in the world. I mean, I've not met one worse than her. I'm serious. I'm telling you. I mean, I even wanted to get out of my... Christianism and say something, you know. But my friend Kelby and I were talking, and as we're talking, like the Spirit of the Lord, you know, the bill was 38 bucks. Spirit of the Lord told me, he said, give her 20 bucks. Really? So I reached, and it was funny. It was kind of like we were drawing, you know, you ever see Western movies? It's like Kelby and I both drew 20 bucks at the same time. He kind of looked at me, and I looked at him. He goes, can I give it to her? I said, yeah. So he takes that 20. Oh, I didn't say you, because you, I was going to keep, no. I knew what he meant. So she comes back. I mean, so we tip her more than the bill. He puts it in her hand. And he said, honey, said, I want you to know that God loves you. She started crying. She broke down. Uh, she wasn't married, but uh, she had a baby daddy. Anybody know what that means? Yeah. <laughs> baby daddy just left. She had no money to get diapers. She was freaking out and didn't know what she was going to do. So like I said, we don't know what's going on in other people's lives. So what we need to do is we need to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do like God would do. It, yeah, I was listening to this story about this church. And they were going through this time, and, and they were got real generous and they were like they had a story and what happened was one person came up to the the line and and they went to go pay for their food you know in the in the fast food thing they said no it was already been paid for and they're like well cool um you know and they're all excited and and they said i'll pay for the person behind me they said seven people behind you've been paid for wow can you imagine if the church, if we'd catch a hold of generosity, 
See, the churches, we've, we've lost generosity somewhere. We used to be the most giving people in the world. Now everybody has to go to Oprah. Anyway, give selflessly is number two. Give selflessly. 2 Corinthians 8, 5, it says this. It says, and they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us, keeping with God's will. So this is so so generosity is not just talking about money. Because even though that Paul was talking about an offering, he was also talking about they gave of themselves, they gave themselves to the Lord. It's everything. It's your love, it's your mercy, it's your hugs, it's your smile. It's everything. Anytime people talk talk about giving, they start tightening up their wallets because they think that's what everybody's talking about. It's not just your wallet, it's everything about you. Your time. Get off of social media. Ruining people. Time at the church, we start giving of ourselves. Stop texting everybody all the time. Quit giving me amens uh, or whatever and watching the video of the church while you're in church. Let me just say it this way, and if you get offended, I don't care. How stupid can you be and still preach? We're coming to church to worship God. It's not, we're not worshiping me. I don't have to be up here. It's not about me. It's all about him. Generosity. Amen? So it's giving of yourself. That's what Jesus did in John 3.16. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave of himself. That is what he gave. He didn't put money on the cross. He put something much more valuable than So we need to give of ourselves, and this is the theme that Paul's talking about in generosity in 2 Corinthians uh, 8 and 9. And we see it actually in the last verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. It says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You can't describe the gift. You can't describe the generosity that he gave through the cross, through Calvary, through what Jesus paid. You can't describe that. It was the most generous. You can't beat generosity right here. You know, thank God that that there are people that are not selfish people, but they're selfless people. Thank God that Billy Graham said, you know, I don't think I'm called to be an evangelist. I don't think I'm going to do that. Thank God Mother Teresa didn't say, I don't think I'm going to go to the mission field. Thank God Jesus said, you know, Dad, I don't do crosses. Just don't do them. Selfless. We need to give selflessly. Number three, give willingly. And what that means is you're not forced to do it. Nobody's twisting your arm. No, they, they wanted to give. Remember verse 12 in chapter 8 of uh, 2 Corinthians? It says, for if. But say if. 
That if is a big word. It's bigger than willingness. If the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. So it's not about the amount, it's about the condition of the heart. It's not about how much you put into an offering, a plate. It's about where your heart is connected into it. Are you connected to being generous because you love God? Anybody can take up an offering, and anybody can give into an offering. But not everybody's willing. You know, people are always thinking that they have to give because, you know, I mean, the law says that we have to tithe and blah, blah, blah. And Well, the law says that, but this is what Jesus said. It said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. So he didn't come to abolish it. He said this, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So he fulfilled the law. So Jesus fulfilled every aspect of the law, so we don't have to. But the reason why we do it is because we want to. The difference. That's because I'm under grace and I'm not under the law. See, you need to write this down right here. The law was an external obligation, and grace is an internal motivation. So it doesn't mean we stop tithing. It means we tithe for a different reason. We don't tithe because God's twisting our arm and saying you got a curse that comes upon you. According to Malachi chapter 3, Jesus became a curse. It says, he who knew no curse, he was made to be the curse. He, he was made to be it. I'm not going to suffer the curse. But I still tithe. Why? Because I'm compelled to because I'm under grace. I want to. I'm not forced to. Totally different concept. And I'm not going to say that because I know that wasn't God. Trust me, you don't want me to say it. Number four, give thankfully. See, when we give thankfully, what we're doing is we're showing God how grateful we are for the price that he paid for us. It's really the least we can do. Psalms 116, 12, it says, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? How can we do that? 1 Chronicles 24, I mean 29, 14 says, everything comes from you, and we've given you only what comes from your hand. So that means everything belongs to him. He gave it to us, and all we're doing is giving back stuff that he's already given to us. And if we get that concept, so we might not be obligated by the law, but the motivation has changed. And the motivation is we give from our heart. We give because we just, number one, we love God. We love his word. So we're doing it joyfully, we're doing it selflessly, we're doing it willingly, we're doing it thankfully. And then last but not least, number five, we give intentionally. Now this is a great point. Because there's a lot of crafty men and women out there that want to take money out of your pocket. And so you should be giving out of no pressure whatsoever, out of people's craftiness and their wisdom of their words or their slickness in trying to break the bank. 
The reason why you give back to, we're encouraged to give because we love God, love his word. We love God, we love his word. If that is not the motivation for our giving, then we're giving for the wrong motivation. Not because somebody's telling us, oh, if you give 1995 this week. No. God is going to give you 1,995 promises, everybody say amen. No, you know, that's stupid. I got this green tablecloth. Came out of the Apostle Paul's bag himself. We'll rip you off a piece for $1,000. Come on. People are making a mockery out of, out of God and giving. And the reason why people don't want to give to the church is because, because now we don't trust anybody. Let's quit trusting in men. Let's give because we love God and we love the word and we're trying to promote the kingdom of God in the world. If we're giving for any other reason, we're giving for the wrong reason. So let's give intentionally. So, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says... You must make up your own mind as to how much you should give. Don't give reluctantly. I'm going to tell you what that means in a second. Or in response to pressure. We just really talked about that. But don't give reluctantly means don't be stingy in your giving. That's what that means. It means be willing. Don't be stingy. Open, open up. Say, God, whatever you want, it belongs to you. You gave it to me anyway. Okay? But don't give in response to pressure means don't give because of a guilt trip or, or manipulation by somebody who's talking to you to try to get you to give. So we need to be, we need to do it thoughtfully. We need to do it intentionally. And this is how you do that. You say, God, look, there's an offering about ready to be taken up. Do you want me to give? And what do you want me to give? And if God says, hey, I want you to give $5, you're like, wait a minute, God. I was going to go get a Happy Meal after church today. Just do without the Happy Meal. Listen to God. You know what You, you know what might happen? Someone might walk up to you right after church and just for no apparent reason they say, hey, man, let's go out to lunch today. And you're like, well, hey, you know, I just, no, I'm taking you out. And they take you to the butcher's block. Happy Meal, butcher's block. Duh. Just listen to God. You don't know what's going to happen. And who knows? You might need to miss the Happy Meal. I know I do. All right. When I talked about leaving a tip and stuff like that for, for uh, restaurant people, don't just leave a tip. Leave a word. And I don't mean one of those tracks that, that scare the bejeebies out of them. Tell them this. Just say, I just want you to know how much God loves you. Has anybody told you that God loves you today? Something like that. If you, you don't have to tell them what church you go to or anything like that. Just, just something like that. Just be real simple. Give them something they need. Encourage them. Because I guarantee you, when you come back, they're going to remember you. Not because if you gave them a tip, a decent tip, but because you encouraged them. And you showed them something that they don't get to see from a lot of Christians. You actually showed them Happy Christian people. Most people see mad Christian people. I know, I've seen them in Walmart. I can't believe this idiot. You know, when they talk about the cashier, I'm going, oh my gosh, I can hear them. That cashier can hear them. 
Oh, Lord, please. And then they turn around, hey, pastor, how you doing? <laughs> hey, good to see you too. <laughs> oh, God, Lord, they know, she knows now, she goes to my church. <sighs> anyway, 1 Timothy 6.19, and we'll, uh, this will be, oh, I guess I have another scripture after this, is, uh, it says in, uh, in the Living Bible, by doing this, you will be storing up real treasure for yourself in heaven. It is the only safe in- investment for eternity. So giving is not giving to get. What you do is you give because you're grateful for what God has done to you, and what you're doing is you're storing up treasures for eternity. So your giving has eternal purpose tied to it. And if your giving doesn't have eternal purpose tied to it, then your giving really is for naught. Because everything that we do needs to have eternal purpose tied to it. And there's a promise. Even though I said you don't give to give, and here's the promise, here it goes. The promise is you cannot outgive God. That's the promise. You can't do that. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and this is the last uh, scripture, and we'll close right here. It says, whoever sows sparingly, I mean someone who's stingy, will also reap sparingly. That means you'll get very little. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Remember, that's not talking about an amount. That's talking about the condition of your heart. If you're struggling giving into an offering plate, man, that's just too much. You have a stingy heart. If you say, God, thank you for this opportunity that I have to give, that's a good heart. 